Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Ill-Informed Insight. My name's Tom. Today I'm joined by Tim. Hello everybody. We broke over summer. It's good to be back. Regular guest on this yeah, not regular podcast. It's interesting talking about the whole regularity thing. Cause I, was, I was thinking it's like sometimes you think, oh, I just don't want to do it. Can't be asked. So I'd rather yeah. just play Grand Theft Auto or something. But Had then, a long week. I'm tired. Yeah, but, but then uh, you think, why do I do this in the first place? I don't know if, if anyone's listening, but I, I just find it interesting as a as like a, a diary, even just for myself, a historical note. I, I find it fascinating to, to look back and I will in years to come re-listen and I'll, I'll be interested to see about my predictions but the thing that keeps bringing me back is that things keep happening that I feel I need to comment on just because yeah everyone's got an opinion why know, not but record the, the, it and put it on the I internet know, for the, other people but but the, the days we're living in really are, are crazy I don't want to go off on a weird tangent but something I um, learned a couple of months ago you know the whole Chinese proverb Beware those that want to live in interesting times. Apparently, it's not a Chinese proverb at all. It's an English one. Oh, really? Yeah, I think dating back for like 17th century. Yeah. Okay. The only. But yeah, that's like everyone says that about 20 foot, like 2016 onwards. Yeah. We live in interesting times. I know. Because largely because of Donald Trump, let's be honest. Well, the, which I think will probably come up at some point in this episode. But yeah, we had a long break over summer. Yeah. Because primarily, I do this in a log cabin in the back of the garden, and there's a lot of greenhouse effect. It does get really hot in here. It gets up to about 35 degrees. It gets up to London tube temperatures. Yeah. Leicester Square, Camden yeah. Town kind of temperatures. You wouldn't be allowed to transport livestock through this place. That's yeah. <laughs> but you could have commuters coming through here yeah, yeah, on their yeah. way to work. Stacked to the ceiling. Stacked to the ceiling. Like but go, sardines. But go, going that back, hottest summer. Yeah. Uh, equal to 2006 and 1976. But like I say... Climate change. Climate change. But like the thing that makes me keep coming back is you were talking about Chinese proverbs. The only old Chinese proverb I know is um, man who goes to bed with itchy bum, wake up with smelly finger. <laughs> right? And it's like, but but that, that ties into everything because... Casual racism that will come up later no, in the episode. No, 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 no. There's, there's, it's, it's basically about cause and effect. Once something has momentum, once that stone is rolling, it's going to hit something eventually. And yeah, we, yeah, we live okay, in times yeah. where like a lot of stones have been set off rolling with brexit with trump with the internet and computers there's these huge boulders rolling right down governments across yeah, europe but there's there's these, there's these sort of inexorable movements that are happening now and i'm just fascinated to see where it's going to hit where it's all going to end up in a couple of years uh, you know whose finger's going to smell the most and <laughs> that's why i keep coming back because I want to come back and listen to this in a couple of years and see if I was right. Because everyone seems to be telling me I should be stressed a lot. We live in a very increasingly stressful world. I keep telling people, like, I'm like a broken record to anyone who will listen to me. Yeah. We're just bouncing like a pinball from, like, this moral panic to this faux outrage. And it's like every 12 hours, something new is yeah. cropping up. That like, oh my God, did you see oh this? Oh my God, oh my God, yeah. That's that, OMG, <laughs> OMG. Like... My whole life, two minute hate. Like my my whole life growing up, like um, having grandfathers who a grandfather who fought in World War Two was like we defeated the Nazis and Nazis are bad. And like now I'm being told that I'm a Nazi <laughs> and like the president's a Nazi and you know because I, I want to leave Europe I'm a Nazi even though the Nazis are from Europe. I don't understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything has got very acute and extreme. Anything interesting happened to you over the summer? Whilst we were away? Uh, I broke my foot. That happened a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah. There's, Apart from that... Come on, there's a story here. Kicked something. I kicked something. Why did you kick something? 
because I, I lost control for a microsecond and it's taught me a massive lesson that I should wear like stronger shoes if I'm going to yeah. kick heavy objects. Those Kung Fu plimsolls. <laughs> <laughs> you know the black plimsoll? That's not suitable. <laughs> no. I, I, I haven't been keeping up my hard Qigong training, so um, I can't quite break as many bricks as I used to. But I, my, my, foot just, my foot just went. I was angry and I just lashed out at a lamppost. Don't ask me why. We won't go into it, but luckily, it's funny that you, luckily, you were in an A&E. Luckily, I was outside a, a hospital at the time. I just found it funny. You were in a hospital. I had to kick the lamppost instead of the doctor, basically. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> just the fact you stormed, out, you stormed out of a hospital all angry and pissed off. And then 10 minutes later, you're hobbling back in. <laughs> <laughs> Me again. <laughs> anyway, I love, I love the NHS. Were, what did they think of you? Like, that you came back? They think I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> the NHS uh, can be summed up in two words. Angels and assholes. That's three, but well, okay. Angels, assholes. There's no, there's, <laughs> there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. You either get an asshole or you get an angel. But yeah, more bad news. Another reason I haven't done a podcast in a while. My dog died a couple of weeks ago. Oh. Yeah, R.I.P. Star. Poor star. Now, That's what I've been saying to myself now, like, every day for two weeks. Now, poor star. Now among the stars. Yeah, or she or got hopefully men- reincarnated as a human because I believe in the. The, the circle of uh, life, it's a wheel of fun. Reincarnated as a really selfish, diva <laughs> human being that just eats all the time. Yeah. Eats and sleeps. And now she got meningitis. She was only three and a half years old. It was kind of worrying that like even young dogs can get terminal well, illnesses. Yeah. Do you well, know what but, I mean? like, but, but, well, we might have overbred them then. Yeah, but the other thing, the un- unfortunately, is um, had a long, a long coat of hair. Whereas, and, and with dogs, like with, with, with when a human gets meningitis, they'll normally get like some crazy rash first, right? Um, and I you, know they're and separate. You, like, the, but, like dogs' meningitis is usually treatable mm. more than humans. Mm. But my dog Star, she got like a rare form of it. Like this canine neurologist was like, "I've only ever seen this twice in his lifetime." Like, oh, bless her. Sad. Well, put it like splicing sad music. That one. <laughs> Maybe the music. Like, what was it? Never-ending story. When the horse is like. Oh, when that horse drowned. Oh, I remember seeing that in the cinema. That traumatized me. That fucking traumatized me. I barely. I remember Never-ending Story. I remember there were three of them, and, and I don't remember that scene at all. I no, must have blocked out. The I think pain it was of- 1986. It was in the cinema. I was like, anyway, but. Yeah, so I saw that, and then a fucking week later, I went to the cinema again, and they fucking killed Optimus Prime <laughs> in the Transformers cartoon. It was a big hit for a lot Dude, of kids in the 80s. They killed Optimus Prime in, like, the first 10 minutes. I was pissed off at that. Well, they, they killed, I like, didn't like the new one. Who was the one that took over? Rodimus Prime. Ultra Magnus sort of held the fort for a while, but he wasn't up to the job. Do you remember? Anyway, but um, they basically had to, like, kill off half the, the toy line in the first 10 minutes because they wanted to sell a load of new toys. That's yeah. what it was about. That's what Transformers is about. It's still cool, though, when you're eight years old. So we've returned from the summer. Parliament has returned from the summer recess. Now, in the last episode we recorded about a month ago, maybe two months ago now, Theresa May had announced her checkers plan, and we declared it pretty much dead on arrival. Like, there was yeah. no chance the yeah. EU was going to agree to yeah. it. We, it we, split the Tory party down the middle. We made some predictions. Not that I put any money on it. My bet was wrong. Well, half right. I said Amber Rudd would be gone by the end of the summer. Mm. And she did go. She took a bullet for Theresa May over the Windrush scandal. But I also predicted Theresa May would be gone by the end of the summer. And she's still fucking there. Yeah, I predicted she would be gone like in like a week after the podcast. <laughs> so I was very wrong. She won't be the next prime minister, though. 
how do you feel Brexit is going? Like you're Mr. Positivity when it comes to Brexit. Yes. Any any sort of Brexit is better than, than no Brexit. I tell you, right, in life, even if you want something not to happen as much as possible... Not to happen. Yes. You should still have plans and preparations in case it does. You know what I mean? Mm. You know, some money put away for a rainy day or if the pound crashes completely. I think they, like, three billion they announced, which is not nearly enough. I'm, I don't believe it. In the end of the day, we're the, was it, are we the fifth largest economy in the world? Sixth. Sixth, okay. Maybe fifth or sixth now. Okay. It, it's obvious to anyone now that the, the world's economy is completely interlinked and interdependent. Globalisation. Yeah. And the, the people who run the world, they're not going to want britain to like take a massive hit because it'd just be so much fucking paperwork because yeah, we because we're like the money laundering capital of the world the <laughs> bank of england is one of the oldest financial institutions in the world like they're not people don't want to rock the boat too much because they'll lose money so in the end of the day they're gonna fudge it anyone who doesn't prepare for no deal is an idiot even if you're the most ardent yeah, remainer is, um... and you're convinced that we're going to stay in the eu and adopt the euro you should still Prepare yourself for the possibility there'll be no deal. You're referencing the fact that Mervyn King came out, former, uh, what was he, Bank of England governor? Yeah. Saying, yeah, like he chastised the Tory government for not having done enough in terms of no deal yeah. preparation. Yeah, there will be no deal. Which has weakened our position. I know, but it's, it's, this is like what I'm saying. That's why people like might say, say I'm stupid or outrageous when I talk. But I say there will be no deal and it won't affect Britain that badly. In fact, you have been saying no deal for the last, like, 18 yeah. months. and I don't think it will affect... I don't think Britain will take a massive hit, simply because the, the, the people who run the world won't, don't want to rock the boat too much, and, you know, they, they, they'll fudge it and sort it out. You're it's, downplaying it a little bit, though. Yeah. There are There is, like, a logistical nightmare involved with no deal in terms of regulation. Like, nothing to do with tariffs. Yeah. Like, non-tariff barriers are the real problem with no deal. I'd hate to live in Kent, because Kent's going to become a lorry park. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't um, make preparations for, like, the borders. Yeah, which they haven't done. Which should have started, like, 18 months ago, there should have been JCB mm. diggers but you see, down in um, Plymouth and what yeah. But what, what I'm going to say is, um, Michel Barnier, the EU's chief negotiator, as we predicted, completely shat on the Chequers plan, rejected it outright. Yeah. But he's now speaking warmly of a uh, possibility of a free trade deal, a Canada Plus, which he was saying he'd be okay with it being unprecedented as long as we still as long as in his views britain's still worse off yeah outside of the eu yeah and like that's like that's him throwing us he's throwing theresa may a fucking rope line do you know what i mean a, yeah a safety net and like it's it very easy for people to accuse me of being overly optimistic but i just can't i can't see that they the the, the global finance system is going to deliberately fuck itself i could see it moving see it moving to like paris frankfurt maybe do you think have, have you been to paris recently or well frankfurt? okay maybe not paris or frankfurt well what's wrong with frankfurt pretty fucking boring compared to london do you think all these like mega rich bankers are going to want to like you know just feast on bratwurst when they could with, be like with in their, london with having a thai money. mexican in an igloo <laughs> <laughs> but with their money the ukrainian prostitutes will come with do you know what i mean the fun will come with their money wherever their money goes but I can see politically, though, if you think about it, um, from the perspective of someone who politically wants to stay in the European Union, like, 
I always put my tin foil under my baseball cap so people can't tell. It does sound a bit. We can't it, tell. It does sound a bit. Your cap's riding like awkwardly yeah. high. It's weird. It's unnatural. It does sound a bit conspiratorial. But from the viewpoint of someone who wanted to stay in the European Union, they they who ran the UK like they wouldn't. They're deliberately the yeah. They're deliberately not make the preparations for no deal. They deliberately wouldn't do all these things at the ports months in advance because they'd want people to freak out and say, oh my God, look, it's not happening. So, you know, let's, you know, let's not, you know, let's not do it because it's not, you know, it's going it's to be a disaster. So it's almost like it's, it's to their benefit to make it a disaster. Well, I mean, Theresa May is obviously a Remain. But that, that, we're not going to let that happen, though. It's not going to happen. Because, like, Theresa May was yeah. obviously a Remain voter. Yeah. Jeremy Hunt, Remain, uh, Savage Javid, Remain. Mm. But Boris Johnson, Liam Fox, and David Davis, who were like the Brexit ministers, for lack of a better term, yeah, they were all pro leave. Yeah, but of course but they've resigned now. Two of them are gone. Yeah, Liam Fox is completely superfluous. Yeah, and p- people criticise Boris Johnson because he only came out as a leaver like six days before the the referendum. Or he something. was torn. He wasn't torn. He, but it, for his for his political survival, for his life. He couldn't come out as a fucking Remainer a year a year before, could he? Well, I mean, he wrote so many Eurosceptic, like hardline Eurosceptic <laughs> articles about bendy bananas and, <laughs> you know, the absurdity of EU bureaucracy. He did that for like 15 years. Boris Johnson's perspective. It's like if you're a true capitalist, free market capitalist, you should be able to trade with as many countries as possible. You should be able to fuck every country in the world over, not just <laughs> 27 of them. I suppose, yeah, I suppose like in terms of custom union... There's obviously, like, any custom union has a barrier to anybody that's outside of it. Yeah. I suppose, yeah, I suppose in that sense. But, like, I'd say free, the, like, the laissez-faire, unfettered capitalism, the people that want that, I'm sure they're happy with the way globalization's going. Like, the fact that they can just move their money and their wealth. Yeah. If they don't like what this government's doing here, they yeah. can just take their money and their wealth and just move it somewhere else. Yeah. But, but it's not a hassle. And, of course, like, at the moment, yeah, we're being very grown up and boring and talking about <laughs> economies... And, and money and stuff. But like I said, Brexit as a whole big boulder, if you just treat it as a big rock, like I was talking about at the beginning, forget about money and stuff. Think of the effect it's had on society, the, 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 the way it's split us down. Positive and, or negative in your view? No, there's no, there's no, you can't put a spin on positive or negative. Ultimately, it's positive if... People are more pro-migrants, but still anti-mass immigration. Growth always flows upwards from truth, isn't it? It's like the truth always moves things on. And sometimes we have to have these hard... Eventually. Sometimes we have to have these hard conversations with each other to get to the truth of a matter. And like I say, it splits us down the middle. We're talking about free market capitalism versus globalism. A lot of people in this country don't see that the EU is like a globalist cartel. It's like a mafia, man. It's, it's that's not more, that's not a free market. It's, it's way not. more protectionist than Eurofiles yeah. Yeah. make out. Yeah, and so, but so, but, and that's why you get people calling it instead of like we don't like the average man on the street doesn't say, "Oh, you're a free market capitalist." Oh, shut up, you fucking globalist! They don't talk like that. They're like, "You're a Nazi." <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's yeah. but that's that's the difference that's that's happened because of this Brexit thing. Like a lot of left wing people see the EU as a, a neoliberal institution and a lot of like the anti-capitalist left have a hard time with the eu but they made the mistake like the left in general made the mistake of painting the eu referendum as like a moral issue Mm. so to stay in was the morally correct position to leave was immoral yeah 
But if you're someone who thinks the EU is and like you're anti-capitalist and you don't like how capitalist the EU is, you've sort of painted yourself into a kind of contradictory corner. Oh, worse than a corner, a cage, because you've got the other wall. Aside from the economic side of things, you've got the legal sides of things. You know, if you're some sort of crypto anarchist Marxist, you you don't want you, you want more control over the the rules, don't you? Or you know, whether you want less rules. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you've got a better chance of having less rules if you've got an elected government <laughs> compared to a foreign bureaucracy that makes the rules. Yeah, you know we're what touching I mean? on sovereignty here. Yeah, that's what I mean. Which was a big deal that everyone sort of downplayed. Yeah, because they... No, it was just about immigration. Yeah. No, I think for a lot of people it was about sovereignty. Yeah, but like even... Making your own laws. But even the word sovereign, it has negative connotation for some people because the, the sovereign of a country is a king, you know, emperor, empires, kings are emperors. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, if you're a sovereign, you're a nationalist. <laughs> if you're a nationalist, you're a Nazi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes when I think of sovereignty, though, I think like America and China, really, strictly speaking, they're the only two sovereign countries in the sense of like, they can do what they want and nobody, no one's going to do anything about it. China's crazy. China fascinates me. It's so different from America, isn't it? Because America is a democracy. There's no real liberalism in China. We're, we're getting all our iPhones from China and we love China. China's cool. China was running over fucking students in tanks 20 years ago. The they're, same, the they're same, still disappearing the, the same, dissidents. And it's the same leaders who did it. They've still got what is in effect a totalitarian system. Yeah. Can it, and so like a one-party state. If China is truly going to be on the same level as America... It has to be a democracy. And at the moment, it isn't a democracy. And how is it going to change? Are they going to be running over people in tanks again? It's fascinating. Yeah. And they, they have internet censorship over there as oh, well. Google recently, because Google famously, like 10 years ago, yeah. Do you know China evil? were like, you, you must ban what we want you to ban. And Google was like, nah, fuck you. We just won't go into China then. Now, what a difference 10 years makes. Yeah. Um, and it, there was a, a fascinating tweet that Donald Trump actually tweeted today. And he said, um, you know, be warned that your iPhones and your Apple products suddenly might cost a lot more. Why? Oh, because of, of his tariffs? Because of the new tariffs on China. And his, his tariffs, right? Yes, on, because they Apple at the moment are building all their iPhones in China. And he actually said in his tweet, why don't Apple come back to America and they won't pay any tax then? Because they can't make the people who actually manufacture the phones live in the factory. <laughs> they can't bear the th- like the image of American photojournalists taking photos oh of the factory God. with the, uh, the anti-suicide oh nets. Oh my God, you know, the chief executives might make $1 billion less a year and they might be able to pay people a fucking decent wage to do the job. It's annoying to admit this, right? But it, w- it really would be awful because shareholders these days, they don't accept any sort of quarterly Loss. losses, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like that, the graph must always be going yeah. up. And if yeah. it ticks down... I'm selling my shares, do you know what I mean? Like, but, you know, it's, it's... Fucking cowards that buy stock and but, you know, trade it but, and you know, create I, wealth. I can't imagine a, a war between uh, America and China, but uh, I can imagine an economic one. You know, China China owns a lot of America's... Um, well, this is Trump's philosophy, debt, isn't it? Debt, that China has been an economic war of America for, like, decades. Mm. I mean, let's talk Donald Trump a little bit. Actually, we'll talk Trump later. I want to stick with Brexit for a little bit. It came out last week... Over a million Leave voters, apparently, according to like a YouGov survey, have changed their mind. Who? Something like 1.2 million, something like that. Who? No one said it to me. Yeah, I don't know any of these Leave voters. Where are they? I'm sure they're out there. I don't, I don't doubt 
the possibility of it because Brexit has gone horribly wrong. I think that 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 poll was like one million BBC viewers. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So for the record, you haven't changed your mind. No, it's, I've actually been cemented in my position by the way the EU's behaved in the subsequent negotiations. I think they've been kind of reasonable, to be honest. Like they've been consistent. At the, like admit they've been consistent from day one. No, because they 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 like just in on the game with the Remainer Theresa May. Like I I even you know what I mean it's, it's all treachery, right? It's all treachery. I even hate the the phrase Remainers. Because Remainers, it, it sort of implies they've still got something in the game. Well, they so they've do. Still got, no, we should stop calling them Remainers. Just start calling them losers because they lost the fucking vote. They're going to get their second one, though. And we, everyone the people's knew. vote. If you say that enough times, you'll say it in Tony Blair's voice. You know <laughs> that him and Peter Manderson wrote that, wrote that down. You know, that, that's an invention of the, I, that lot. The only thing I hate about it really is the name. The people. We've, all, we've already yeah. had the people. Yeah, exactly. The implication is like the first one wasn't the people's vote. It wasn't you know I mean? even like, the first one. The first one was, well, the sec- the technically first one was 40 it. years ago. This is what I've been reading a lot in the last week. Remain, you know how you're saying like, are they, uh, you don't like the name Remainer. It's still as if it like yeah, it, losers, it never ended, losers. right? Just start calling the losers, Tom. But it's as if the Remain side never actually stopped campaigning. Like as soon as the vote ended, they got together and like created uh, like Chikara Munu has his group. Mm. Kind of like I don't know. I'm struggling to remember all... the name now. But all the Leavers, they stopped campaigning. It was just like yeah, there you go, done deal. Well, the, the whole Leavers were such a nebulous mass of people, wasn't it? It wasn't like, but it was cross party, which was a good thing. And if they stuck together. Officially, both the parties wanted to remain, though. Yeah, that Offici- was in their manifestos, and now they're both kind of pretending it wasn't. But I mean, it's such a weird time that, like, Remainers had their chance. They've had two chances. Like, Remain Parliament, predominantly Remain Parliament, they had their chance. Gina Miller gave, gifted them a chance to vote against giving Theresa May the authority to trigger Article 50. They could have killed Brexit then. They could have killed Brexit when it came to the general election. Yeah. The Lib Dems, their manifesto was, we will kill Brexit, vote for us. And Brexit will be over. And nobody voted for them. It's like an analogy. Battered wives. <laughs> what, Remain voters or leavers? <laughs> Battered, like, it's... T- I take Remain voters. Remain are- voters. It's this terrible story where, like... That's y- what they think of us, though. No, 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 no. It's like, even, the, even like, the EU is, like, the nasty boyfriend. He'll say to her, don't worry, love. If, if we get back together, I promise I change. You know, it'll be all right. And that's how the Remainers think. They think, oh, well, if we rejoin the EU you know that the eu will change you know they will make all these i've heard this argument from remainers that, yeah i know i hear it all the time reform from the inside yeah. and it's, it's not like, gonna happen it's like it's like a battered wife it's like it's, he's not gonna change baby he's not gonna change get the, out of there a federal europe with a european army an eu constitution whatever and that's like we we are the one eu member that has consistently been against the idea of a federal Europe. I understand why, particularly um, Eastern European countries, why they would want it, especially if they were like liberal and democratic, why they would like the EU. Because yeah. it's way superior to what they had 50, 60 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they went through communism. We didn't. But Europe's a little bit like China in that even though we do have a long track of history, it's there are these cycles that happen. And the, this is going to, you know, people again will like have a go at me for saying this, but um, ultimately, with the EU, we'll get more federalised. You know, even though the Eastern European countries are keen on it, Germany will still be ruling the EU in the end. And you don't want a very military powerful Germany. <laughs> no, of course not. They don't have any militaristic desires to control Europe. I think their their 
really they want control of the uh, they want the greatest influence over the ecb the european <laughs> central bank time. you're just thinking like two years ahead aren't you the eu ultimately doesn't want to have borders it hasn't got borders, but it, it doesn't well want it, it does customs it doesn't want to be different countries it just wants to be the eu yeah. it wants to homogenize everything yeah so it'll be this but what goes with be, that will be ethnic culture yeah but it'll be this homogenized mass ruled by germany <laughs> So we, we haven't changed our mind. I mean, I, I appreciate where these people are saying, like, yeah, I, I regret voting leave. I can appreciate it from the point of view of it's gone horribly wrong. Like, and it is all about damage limitation right now. We've not left yet. It's the, yeah. the, saying, it's gone horribly, saying it's gone horribly wrong, it sort of buys into that whole panic, fear, BBC thing. It's, it, at the moment, it's a shit show. But after what is the date next year when... 29th March April or something like that yeah after that day we will have officially left and we can do stuff things things can happen you know when's the next general election uh it should be there's we've got the fixed term parliament act so five years from last year yeah 2021 no 2022 what yeah 2022 I think things will They'll they'll have like an emergency one before then because there'll be some there'll be some shit you know. I imagine right after the, the I think there's going to be a second referendum, a people's vote, and I think there's going to be a general election but right after it, that. But yeah, I, I think no, no, no. gone. We shouldn't have a people's vote. We should just have a general election and a, a Remain party and a Leave party. But there is no real Brexit party. That's the like That's you're talking about happen. nebulous. Steve, yeah, Steve Bannon's been talking to Boris Johnson. That's all I've heard. Wow, that's a positive development right there. I mean, Steve Bannon for me is like Steve Bannon. When, arguably, is got is Trump. A white nationalist. Steve Bannon arguably got Trump into the White House. He's he's mm, some, I don't, I don't he's some sort that. of he's got he's got an agenda. He's he's got some he's he's some sort of movement. There's something but a lot of that going on. A lot of that came post uh, Trump's victory. Right. I but think he, I think was Trump was already. To, I think Trump was on a winning trajectory. Right. Yeah. Uh, especially after the Democrats decided they wanted Hillary. Trump was on a winning trajectory already and Steve Bannon basically sort of just jumped on the bandwagon. But mm. since Bannon's left Trump's administration, I'm, I'm convinced he's a white nationalist now. I wasn't sure. Like a year ago, I thought he was like borderline white nationalist, but I think he is a white nationalist. Has he said like some white nationalistic things? He's very pro-nationalism. But if you uh, say, if you brought up like, well, what about black nationalism? What about Hindu nationalism? Do you know what I mean? Like he's not going to be pro that. No. So it's not like he's pro-nationalism as like a like, kind of like a civic principle. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's pro-white European value nationalism. Do you know what I mean? What he would consider traditional European values, Western civilization, maybe he might call it. Mm. But Trump himself, I don't think he's a political animal outside of uh, America's been fighting these trade wars for 30 years against China, against the EU. Mm. And we've been, America's been losing. And he wants America that wins. And I think he's maybe foreign policy. He's kind of Reagan-esque. Uh, long as America's got a strong military, it's all the, about, world, the world is safe. Forget the world. It's all about space with Trump. That's why, <laughs> that's why I like him. Because he, he, he's, he, instead of just going around in circles, he's, he's trying to take us at least a, a, a tiny step forwards. You know, and, and ultimately, for this species to survive and for the planet to survive, we've got to get the fuck off it. Well, what's to say we won't fuck up Mars the same way we fucked up? We're going to make all the same mistakes on the new planet that we made here. What's to say we won't? Anyway, that's like going but, off on a but, completely. But even tangent, just, but, but even just having the possibility of doing that is is better than just going around in circles, isn't it? Yeah. And joining the EU. <laughs> well, <laughs> dragging... even, their, even their flags a circle. It's shit. 
dragging <laughs> us back to the EU. I, I subscribed to this right-wing magazine called Standpoint, and uh, I read an article in it this month about Fortress Europe. And it's basically, it was talking about how, uh, you remember a few years ago, was it 2014, I think now? Angela Merkel? Was it 2015? She opened you have to tell up, me first. She opened up Germany's borders to Syrian refugees. She expected 800,000, 1.2 million showed up. Just in the first week. <laughs> <laughs> over the course of like summer. But what is sort of emerging now, a lot of them, I say them, yeah. ugh, a lot of this infestation. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to try and make myself out to be Nigel Farage. But a lot of these Syrian refugees, 75% of them were found not to be from Syria. <laughs> as in like, they couldn't tell you what the Syrian capital was. They couldn't tell you what Tom, the official Syrian Tom, language Tom, was. Tom, I, I saw a news report from Germany this week where they were like sympathetically talking to Nigerian refugees. Well, Nigeria is the richest country we're in gonna, Africa. We're going to come on to that in a sec. Like, but hold on, the, that leads into my um, Fortress Europe article thing, right? Mm-hmm. Angela Merkel threw her arms open. Syrian refugees welcome. 1.2 million show up. Turns out 75% 75% of them not Syrian. Mm-hmm. 65% not refugees, economic migrants. And one of the first things these uh, mostly male, mostly between the age 20, 35, yeah. mostly Muslim... What the first thing they did when they arrived was, where's my government handouts? Where's my welfare check? And you need to pay for my wife to come over, my children to come over, my uncle to come over, because yeah, but what's wrong I, am a, I am a refugee, they're refugees. Well, this is what Angela Merkel realised. Uh, they're, they're not breaking the law by doing that, though, are no, they? No, of course not. They're taking, but they're gaming the system. That's the point. That's but Angela Merkel realised, I don't just have 1.2 million new Germans. <laughs> I've got about three million new Germans because, like, they're bringing over their family. She didn't factor that in. Oh, how stupid! And that's why she brought the shutters down, right? Duh. But you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned Africa. Yeah, Af- African population. I mean, obviously, we're talking about an entire continent. To be fair, over the next ten years, is expected to go up by a billion, right? Yeah. Is it next ten years or fifteen, something like that? Then you factor in climate change. Yeah. Which I'm not a denialist, but neither of us are climate change deniers, right? No. That's going to cause massive change to immigration patterns. Now, where are most Africans who are trying to escape extreme weather? Where are they going to go? They're going to go north. What's north of Africa? The EU. <laughs> not really, like, not even Europe. Just the EU is north of Africa now. What they need to do is just drain the Mediterranean <laughs> and we'll get like a whole new mass of land where everyone can freely to, mingle. To burn on and it's going to be land they can't build shit on. What do you mean? It'll be like... Beautiful, lush spoil. There'll be like tons of dead fish everywhere. I bet it'll be like clay. <laughs> Can you imagine all the dead fish? Yeah. There'll be so much food for a week. It's they don't fucking um, stink. It's going to be like um, like Nevada, right? Where, where's, where's that salt plane where they do the land speed record? Oh, uh, Utah. Some like salt plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah That's yeah. what it's going to be like. You can't build anything there. They're going to come into Europe. It'll be damp though. If you've They're going to claim yeah. asylum, yeah. which, you, yeah, fine. You're, you're, you're running away from what are going to be mostly economic detrimental effects of climate change, rather than, like, you're not going to be, uh, oh, I left here, otherwise I would have burnt to death. It's going to be like the economy went to shit because of climate change. When they try and go into Europe, these millions of Africans over the next 15, 20 years, what have you, yeah, and Europe goes, we can't handle the amount that are coming in, and we're actually, we might even tear up... Build a wall. They might do that, and they might even tear up the freedom of movement principle. That might go to the wayside. And they might have to fucking enforce it 10 times as strictly. Because here's what I would do if I was Italy or Hungary. Yeah. If tens of millions of people showed up, no matter where they're from, 
doesn't matter. I would go, do you know what? Here's your EU citizenship. I hear they've got really good economy in France, in Germany. I, yeah, come into Italy, but don't stay here. Mm. Go to Germany, go to France, because we've had enough. Well, that's what Salvini's saying now, isn't it? That's what I would do. They're turning the boats away. Especially after the EU said, like, fuck you to them, like, we're not helping you. Mm. But really, like I said, taking it down into the, from the macro to the micro, if, if, if if you look out your window and your neighbours were like lying in their front garden fucking starving to death you'd walk across the road with like a cup of tea at the least you know come on and a a sandwich yeah and at what what point does that become injurious to yourself to the point where you don't have a kettle anymore so you can't bring them tea it's it's a such a fine balance such a fine balance when they're demanding tea in your house (laughs) like i don't know And then, like, demanding their cousin Bobby come over and, like, he can live in your house. But, like, this, but most this, people this just goodwill, wanna... this whole refugees welcome thing. Yeah. I think in the end of the it's day... It's coming to an end. Well, I think in the end of the day, Tom, the refugees, they don't want to take the piss, like you say. They don't want to... They don't want all this. They just want a nice, normal life, like everyone else. But then... But yeah. the thing is, now nowadays, everyone... You can't fault them for that. Nowadays, a normal life it's pretty pretty shit and like you don't have is much it? money is like, it though but then i don't know so people don't people feel like they don't have enough materialistically so, things are yeah, fine aren't they? i know but everyone the way we've been taught is that you always want more and more and more yeah so you shouldn't be happy with what you have you always want more than the other guy and to keep accruing keep accumulating so keeping up appearances so we, we need to like have a cultural change in ourselves maybe if we change ourselves it can you know we need to be less greedy ourselves. It's almost like our greed is creating their their problems. In I don't think. Way. I don't think English people are uh, innately, inherently greedy. I think English people still, and I would say most British people as well. I'll extend this out. <laughs> I, I won't be xenophobic on this, but they just want a house. Doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be a detached house. Semi detached will do. Terraced a terraced house will do for most people. Mm. But just a house with a little front garden, and I can put as many shrubs and bushes as I want that can fit in this front garden. That's what people want. Mm. And what they're getting, why not Why not buy a luxury apartment? A two-bedroom luxury apartment where the second bedroom is the size of a shoebox. For half a million pounds. And raise your kids in it. <laughs> On the outskirts of... Uh... No. <laughs> <You know. laughs> no, I want a house. I want to live in Maidenhead. <laughs> We're too metrocentric, though. If you move up north for, like, 30 grand... You'd get some like really deposit, cute... deposit, not like yeah. not yeah. the actual price of the no, house. No, but your money go a hell of a lot further. Oh for yeah. Fuck's sake. But I think the sad thing is, I want to live where I've always lived. <laughs> you know, where I grew What's up. Wrong with that? Where I grew up is my my surroundings, my culture, my my identity. You know, familiarity. That's why I feel sorry for people if your situation's so shit. It must be horrible to leave your comfort place and have to go to another country because it's some so people shit. are okay with it i think some people are naturally nomadic but then just how, okay living anywhere this? but this you know this whole anywheres versus somewheres i really hate this what's that oh some guy wrote a book anywhere i lay my hat is my home some people are somewheres as in like they're they're basically what you what we used to call provincial uh. Versus people who'd be happy to live anywhere. And it's like the the author was at pains to try and not say one is morally correct, one is immoral. But that's how ev- almost everyone, especially in metropolitan areas, that's how they interpreted it. And everyone's like, oh, yes, I'm definitely in anywhere. Okay, where have you lived all your life? Oh, I've only ever lived in the same place. Okay, how the fuck do you know you're in anywhere then? Mm. 
But the other, you th- could move to France and hate it. But naturally, I know. But you can see France from here. It's not really that natural. It's like it's it's nice to have a support system of like a family and family network. And if you're all spread out, living in different countries, you, you lose that. And uh, it's, it's you know it's, it's it's interesting how the world has changed. It's all down to air travel, isn't it? Really? That's what the EU's done, hasn't it? No, especially for uh, young Italians, young Romanians, young Hungarians. We well, can't blame young them. Greeks, well, young Portuguese. Spain. They don't live with their with their family anymore. They've moved to a different country because their economy's shit. Well, it's like forty percent, forty percent youth unemployment. How do you feel about um, the way the political class of Europe? Oh yes, we we understand there are real genuine fears and concerns about mass immigration amongst our constituents, and mm. then really what they want is. 10 million new migrants every year coming into Europe. They're going to get a lot more than that. Well, like I say, going back to the very start of the show, why I love doing this is like, I want to listen back to this years from now. And I just had a really weird, a really weird feeling or thought came over me. Maybe I was just putting myself in the shoes of a, you know, migrant too much. But I had this weird thought where like, things can change and i yeah we might change our minds no no just imagine if circumstances change some sort of upheaval or something and we'd find ourselves even though we're used to living in london suddenly what would happen if we had to go somewhere else if we if there was a great exodus of people from england with if there was some disaster or some some terror everyone had to go somewhere how how would you how would you cope with that could you imagine that happening well i'm thinking even just like not even like nightmare scenario just getting rosetta stone mandarin like if China is going to emerge, like say America falls, mm. like the uh, the Democrats get their wish, Trump destroys America. We've seen the effect of America being the world's only superpower. Every time you turn on the TV, mm. it's something American. Yeah, your culture will be replaced by American consumerism yeah. over time. Yeah, but at least imagine that's like what's the, the same thing, but with China. Yeah, but this it te- that terrifies me. Lack of democracy, lack it, of liberalism, it's terrifying. Because at least America's culture despite all the SJ Jabu stuff of recent years, America's culture is all about, we're worse it's at, all about right? freedom of expression and first amendment. Mm. And like, that's why you get like really cool music and movies and crazy shit because you're allowed to do it over there. You're allowed to like stand in the street shouting. You can't do it. And so like, if the way the culture would affect the world, that'd be horrible. would all be like, mm. authoritarianism would be the order of the day. Yeah. But politics is getting really, I would say phony, but in a sort of dangerous way. When you say phony, I think the scary thing is, is like even the average person like doesn't trust the news as much as they used to. And is the average person is a lot more cynical than people were generally in the past. Yeah. Was it, was it Churchill who said the, the liberals, no, the, the fascists of the future will be liberals or something? I think that's a misattributed Yeah, but, quote. but it, it makes sense. You know, he should have said it. And um, in a way, it is, isn't it? It's like authoritarian. It's like an authoritarianism. It's like you can't say that, but it's not just like you can't say that. It's like I'm going to fucking kill you because you can't. You shouldn't. You should be killed because you said that. You know, Ugh. not just not just deeds, words. I'm genuinely concerned about how um, there seems to be a, like, a break of reality almost, of like a form of psychosis where um, increasingly I'm seeing people make this argument that expressing a conservative or just, just a little too right-wing point of view is considered in, an, in and of itself an act of violence. But going up to someone 
and saying, you're about to go on this stage and give a speech about your worldview, your political position. That justifies me punching you in the face, hitting you in the head with a bike lock or... Yeah, because yeah, like the, the sad thing is, it's like someone might, might not self-identify as a Nazi, but someone else might think they're a Nazi or has been told they're a Nazi who won't know what a Nazi is. And Most people don't know. But... And so they'll, but they'll want to hit them and be feel justified in doing that. They'll, they'll feel like they're doing the right thing. Did you see this? Um, and the scary thing is, people who say they're doing the right thing, they'll be supported by their peers. Yeah. Did you see this video of a guy waving an American flag? And uh, oh my god, this is a myth that needs to fucking die immediately. Supposedly, a member of Antifa went up to this guy waving the American flag, and he hit him in the head uh, with I don't know what it's called, but it's like. Say you've got a long handle, like a baton handle, yeah. and then a spring, a coil spring, and oh, then a heavy weight on the end of it. That's called an asp. Is it? I don't know. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, but well, that was like one that, that was marketed as an asp. But, but that's what you hit this guy with, right? Yeah. But it turns out the guy waving the American flag was an anti-Trump, uh, Hillary-supporting Democrat. He doesn't want the American flag being associated with Donald Trump. But this supposedly Antifa guy hit him in the head anyway, right? Because, like, oh, he's a, he's a fascist. He's Shit. a Nazi. Did it give him brain damage or fracture his skull? I have no idea. But listen, like, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy's got long-term concussion problems. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the point is, they're not Antifa. Oh. Do you remember in Seattle in 1999? Yeah. Well, yeah. You had the exact same thing. That People the, dressed um, in black balaclavas. They smashed up all the McDonald's's. And yeah. Starbucks. Black hoodies. Yeah. Black jeans. Black training. Right. It's called Black Block Tactics. And it's not Antifa who are attending these anti-Trump rallies and attack, attacking the police, attacking the journalists. Who is it, Tom? Do you want to borrow my baseball cap? It's, it's the usual anarchists, commie pinkos. They're not Antifa. And I'm getting really sick and tired every time these arseholes show up because start attacking police, start attacking journalists. Yeah, and it's because... like, oh, it's Antifa attack this. And we can't understand why Antifa are doing it because they're not mm. Antifa. Because the people they're attacking aren't technically fascists, are they? No. And it's like European. They're like Starbucks and McDonald's. But like old school European <laughs> members of Antifa from like the French 70s and 80s and what yeah, have you. Like yeah. they've come out repeatedly and said, listen, these Americans that are using black bloc tactics, technically they're not Antifa. They're not anti-fascists. They're anti-capitalists far more than they are anti-fascists. And this is they're why they will attack. Really. Yeah, exactly. That's why they will attack police officers and journalists. Because it's not about fighting fascism. They're the people probably more than anybody who understands that fascism was like a short-lived yeah. 20th century movement that outside of Italy, Spain, and Portugal didn't really, it didn't really catch on. Mm. The thing I never, the thing that always makes me laugh about the anarchists is that they're always really, they're normally always really weedy and like skinny. And so it's quite funny. So that if, eventually if they did actually get complete global anarchy they'd be fucked <laughs> they'd be like squashed by like you, know. you say that but like there's um i can't remember the name of it but if you i swear if you go i swear i reckon if you go on youtube and just type in um 70s french antifa it'll come up with this video they're like they're kind of scrawny not tough looking young guys but they went around in Antifa groups where it was like you had to know martial arts to be able to be a member. So it's it's all, like they could throw a punch. Do you know it's I mean? all fucking... That's just, that's just fucking... They're just like thugs. They, they're just yeah. playing. Like, the okay, would you call... That go back in London to like um, 1930s, the Cable Street. Oh, the East Mosley. End. Yeah, and the, 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 the... Yeah, they got the shit kicked out of them. But would you call them like Antifa? No, they were just normal men and women and... 
business people just from the area who didn't want to stand, didn't want that shit walking down their road. Who knew these guys were going to take away their liberty. They weren't, but they were just normal people. They weren't like nutty students. They, they knew the black shirts weren't in their best interest. Did you see that video from what it was like? I think it was King's College or something. That was his Sargon from YouTube. He was given a talk and all these people stormed the lecture hall. Oh, and a guy in a suit punched him in the face. Yeah, but, that but, one. but it was violent, you know. Like a year ago. Yeah. I was celebrating that guy. But that was He might be a real piece of shit, the guy in a suit that yeah. punched the uh, not Antifa protester. But, but, but Tom, it, I remember it was Sargon but, and some Israeli guy who's like yeah, the yeah, furthest yeah. thing you could be from a Nazi. But this is like a new thing now. This this wasn't like fascists marching down a street waving flags like in Cable Street. This was people who'd like bought tickets to sit inside a hall and just stay in that hall and just like listen to someone for a couple of hours and then go yeah. home. They weren't like waving flags, walking down the street trying to kill people. But these people felt empowered enough to go into that hall and start... A, violence yeah, and like i say their it's their mindset violence. their mindset is well sargon of akkad by expressing himself by standing at this podium and telling people what he believes what his view is that's an act of violence me getting in his face and telling him i'm gonna break his jaw i'm gonna fuck him up that's freedom of expression like there's a real but how is it form hurting, of psychosis how's going it, on here, how's man? it hurting you if you're not in that hall if you haven't bought a ticket because if you don't want to... You have to no platform them, though. You can't give them a platform. That is just pure... That's worse than Nazis, probably. I have, like, when I see these not Antifa protesters, I'm going to fucking drill that into people's heads, even though no one listens to this podcast. But these not Antifa protesters, that, like, I'm, when I, whenever I see them, I have a bit of a, a Roger Scruton moment. He's like a conservative intellectual who, back in the day, he saw these hard-left rioters, I think in Paris, and he was just like, you know what? Whatever you're for... I'm against because I'm not advocating this. I'm not celebrating it and not championing it. I think now might be a good time to announce that I did leave the Labour Party. <laughs> you were even a member. <laughs> I was. And were you? When did you join? I'll, I'll, I'll admit as soon as you this. left school. Huh? I joined. I was, were you drunk? I was maybe, I were was you maybe, drunk at the time, Tom? Were uh, you high? Uh, yeah, I might have been. I might have been drunk on something. Were you in Amsterdam? But listen, right, I donated fifty pounds to Jeremy Corbyn's leadership bid. The first time around, this when is, he was like, "This is this, shocking a revelation." When he are was, you sure you want to say this? Back when he was like two hundred to one odds to how, win it. How right? much? How much? Fifty quid. You could buy like a game for that. Oh, I fair enough, but the reason being, like, I didn't want to see what happened to uh, Diane Abbott because, like, usually the like Labour's meant to be a socialist party, right? Or at very least, like, social democrat. And typically, what happens is the the really left wing, the actual socialist candidate, doesn't make it to the end. They do so badly. And so I donated 50 quid to him. Yeah, I kind of regret it now, especially with the whole Labour anti-Semitism thing. But I left a year ago because Sarah Champion, uh, I think it was almost a year to the day, but she came out and she, like, uh, Quilliam, you know Majid Nawaz's yes. anti-radical organisation? Yes, 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 yes. They did, like, um, some sort of freedom information request where they found out of the uh, grooming gangs, not rapists in general, but of the actual gangs of rapists, 86% of them are from a Pakistani background. She relayed that information to Parliament and Labour forced her to resign. She was like, I can't remember what position she had, but she was some sort of minister. And they forced her, resign, forced her to resign for telling the truth. And I couldn't reconcile being a member of a party that would force someone to resign for telling the truth. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that Sarah Champion was forced to resign. She is Jewish. Labour's in real hot, hot turmoil at the moment with the whole um, IHRA definition of anti-semitism 
It's just the Israel-Palestine question. It's, it's just the same thing that's been knocking around for the last 70 years, man. Yeah. It's not going to change un- unless Israel changes. Uh, you know? Yeah, I'm glad I left. Yeah. I don't want to be involved with this anti-Semitic party anymore. No, but again, like, even though I don't like Corbyn, the, the idea of him excites me. Like, like I said, we live in such interesting times. Like, to have someone with these views who's like, you know, potentially could be the leader of the country. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. I, I'm still convinced the establishment would, like, um, assassinate him. <laughs> like, literally, if he got to be prime minister the day after, they'd be like, a, they'd be like oh, let's go for a drive through a tunnel or something. You know what I mean? That's not the UK way, though, is it, really? Like, we, we the, the party just stabs them in the back. Talk about interesting times. It's like the Labour Party has a reputation for being anti-Semitic right now. The Tories have a reputation for being uh, Islamophobic. Yeah, it's it's a hard choice. It's a hard choice for your like uh, average racist person. <laughs> you know, they must be really torn. Which 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 main political party? Which way are they going to go? You know, bearing uh, mind bearing in mind, racists come in all different sort of hues. Jews or Muslims? Jews or Muslims? You're sort of weighing them up in each hand. <laughs> you know, things have got so stupid, haven't they? And but so acute at the same time and even though it's so even though these things are so stupid they're so potentially damaging and terrible it's it's just it's just so stupid we're so stupid but i I had a conversation with someone this week and i was like i'm I'm convinced we've devolved in the last 10 years because of smartphones simply because i I nearly run over so many people every day (laughs) because they just they just literally walk into the street with their head down and yeah. it's not just that they're addicted to their phone, it's that they've got this sort of psychic entitlement where they feel like they can just do what they want. Lack of self-awareness. Lack of self-awareness, like, like an NPC yeah. in a game. They're just, just on this little path, just walking. And Awareness of your own surroundings. Like, people walking into lampposts must have shot up. But anyway, to bring us back, Labour anti-Semitism. Yeah. Do you think Labour's... Do you think... Well, let's just do, do both. Do you, do you think, think Labour's anti-Semitic? And do you think... The Tories are Islamophobic. Well, the, I mean, the Tory Islamophobia thing's based mostly on Boris Johnson, who had a very liberal stance on the burqa, the full face veil body covering. Like, he was like, listen, if, if Muslim women want to wear it, they can wear it. I'm not going to stop them. No, we're not France. Yeah, but I'm allowed to, like, call them names, basically, is what he, he was gently saying. mocked. Did he call, what did he call them? He said they look like letterboxes. Letterbox. You see, what he should have said was... After he, he said they can wear it. Yeah, he shouldn't have said letterboxes. That's insulting. He should have said, like, ninjas. Ninjas are cool. They don't, yeah, but they don't. They don't look like ninjas. <laughs> a bit, if it's the eye slit one. But, but the, the, the reason people don't like it isn't for aesthetic reasons. Most people don't like it because of what it represents. And it represents that, you know, you think I'm a fucking pervert and I'm going to be, like, <laughs> coming in my pants if you're wearing anything less than a sheet. You know? Come on. I, I would have thought- it's the implication of a, of a society that doesn't exist over here. Well, it does now. But I would have thought most people would have found common ground on the it has nothing to do with modesty. Can we can we at least admit that much? It's really not about these women being modest. It's about, I call it liberal cowardice. And I, I used to be guilty of this up until about a year ago. Well, you know, okay, it doesn't actually say anywhere in the scripture or the hadith or anything about like face coverings and what yeah. have you like every abrahamic religion says women should cover their hair yeah but that's all outside. patriarchy isn't it it's just men yeah, of course it's men being insecure basically but this is the liberal cowardice position of i know that i understand that but hey there's a lot of muslim women out there who genuinely believe sincerely 
wearing this makes me closer to God. It makes me a better Muslim, what have you. But the reason why it's cowardice is because the liberal stops at that point and doesn't ask, why do they think that? Why do they think it makes them closer to God or a better Muslim? Because the answer is not good. Well, the liberal's probably an atheist anyway. <laughs> Beside the point, though. <laughs> the thing I think is sad, it's sad because Where did it's they divisive. get this idea from? But it's the sad thing is that they might have this idea. They even, the sad thing is, is that they might look upon their peers as like sluts or whores because they, don't, they aren't as modest as them. And that's sad. Yeah. That, that, that creates a barrier between people. Like the BBC kind of suppressed it. Um, there was this BBC Three presenter who's like down with the youth, what have you. And she went to a Jimmy heavily, <laughs> She went to like some heavily northern Muslim town. And I think she is actually a Muslim convert. But <laughs> she attended this, this march of, uh, I think they were like Salafi Muslims. And so all the Muslim women there are in like the face veils and burqas. And she's like, okay, listen, I think you should be able to wear what you want. Can you accept that I can wear whatever I want? And the Muslim woman she was talking to was like, no, you're a slut. <laughs> you're a whore. Do you know what I mean? Like in no uncertain terms. She was yeah. just like, you have your arm showing, you have your legs showing. She was in like a kind of non-revealing summer dress. Do you know what I mean? Nothing controversial. She was like, no, you're just a slag. But how does she react to that with, with her liberal, what did you call it? Fear? Weakness? Cowardice. Cowardice. Did she react in a cowardly way? Uh, or did she say, no, you're a fucking whore. And your mum. In a way, she was just sort of, well, where do you get off calling me that? Oh. Well, it's my religious beliefs. Oh, I, I can't really challenge that. But that's starting to piss me off. The way new atheists are really comfortable just talking absolute shit to a Christian, but would never talk in the same dismissive tone accusatory tone like to any other religious person i i, I wouldn't call myself I, i'm a bit religious and very spiritual um but i think a lot of these religious people they they should put their money where their mouth is well they are no they're not it's like if your god's so great leave it up to to, to him to sort it out why do you have to enact his his will on the earth this is something <laughs> i don't like about monotheism mm. where it's monotheism I, has a lot to answer for where it's about salvation of the soul like, if you genuinely, sincerely believed adherence to this religious scripture is what will save your mortal soul, your yes. immortal soul, sorry, yeah. you, you would feel compelled to go to other people. You'd want to try and save their soul as well. And then it, it morphs and mutates into this, fuck you, blasphemer, you heretic. You know, I tried to save your fucking soul. And this is how you treat me? Laugh at my beliefs, mock me, call me sexually repressed, which I am. It's just, it's just, it's just a very, you know, it's a very flawed human attempt at trying to understand things that aren't understandable. What's, um, what's the latest development in Trump world? With Trump, it's like a soap opera, so you don't really take it very seriously. But if it had been any other presidential administration where there's like an alleged anonymous mole writing an op-ed piece in the New York Times or wherever it was. A resistance insider. Yeah, saying that they're like, you know, taking bits of paper off the table when he's got his back turned and throwing them in the bin. <laughs> you know, so it's like... If that had happened to Obama, it'd be outrage. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. but everyone else is just now it's like, tee hee hee. <laughs> yeah, celebrating the fact somebody's trying to bring Trump down from the inside. God, God, God protect him. You know, you saw poor old Kennedy get his head blown off. <laughs> uh, Lincoln gets shot. You know, presidents do get, you know, Reagan almost got assassinated. It does happen. It feels a little bit like deja vu. 
Do you remember Michael Wolf? I think his name was. He was like a former Trump aide, wrote a inflammatory book. Yes. And this alleged resistance insider, it's a lot of the same revelations. Trump's a very temperamental person. He watches too much TV. His White House administration is chaos. It's like, yeah, okay, we've known this for two years. We've seen The Apprentice. We know what he's like. <laughs> you know, he's fucking loony. But, <laughs> and a dunce. <laughs> but, he's, but people still listen to him and do what he says. Well, he's the, yeah, he's got the authority of the Oval like, Office. Yeah, so you know, whatever. Kind of. It could be anybody, though, right? It could be somebody, answers, somebody who thing, answers the phone. An anonymous source. An anonymous source. It could have been me. Trump's reaction to it. <laughs> you know, he, um, he sent out this tweet, just in all caps, as per usual. Yeah. Treason! No, Question no. mark. <laughs> it's like, really? Mm. What were you going to do, Trump? You're going to hang this person if you find out uh, who they are? Even Ivanka was one of the suspects. Someone said that they were saying it could be her. <laughs> oh, that was one of the revelations, wasn't it? Um, someone in the White House went up to Ivanka Trump and was like, listen, you, you don't officially actually work here. Like, you don't really have any authority. Yeah. And she said something back to the effect of, like, I'm the president's daughter, shut the fuck up. Like, do you know what I mean? And the other one, someone said Melania could have written the article. I liked her response, actually. Mm. Um, she sent out a tweet basically saying, you, you can't operate a government with this sort of distrust and actually trying to bring a government down from the inside. Mm. That's really, ultimately for America, that's not a good thing. No. It's, it's like a terrible thing. Whoever's in the White House. Yeah. And politics aside, really the person should re resign if they feel so strongly and speak out and say, this is why I resigned. And if they, if they are someone very high up, that would mean something. That would be a big thing. That would increase the argument against trump so like why aren't they doing why aren't they doing that yeah, we, oh I, maybe they will maybe next week someone will come out you know but we sort of stumbled on something interesting here though there's a bit of an fucking, interesting debate yeah. can you do more from the inside than the outside like, do you remember samantha b got in hot water for um calling he, ivanka trump a feckless cunt like why didn't you do something about your dad because everyone everyone's on this sort of um the same page of ivanka's not her father she's more of a liberal democrat Right. Than a Republican and what have you. She's like a Manhattanite. Trump Trump was like friends with the Democrats. And Before he had his uh, conservative... Like, you know, he said something like two, three years ago, he suddenly realised he had this conservative turn. Mm. But yeah, it's another be called Ivanka Trump a feckless cunt. And like what she was touching on, broadly, is this idea of can you do more from the inside than you can from the outside? I don't know. Should this person really resign? I don't know. It was classic Machiavellian... Is it, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer sort of thing. I mean, they're obviously in a, a former Obama aide. And if you're in a former Obama aide, you want to keep Trump close to you. There's, there's keeping close, keeping tabs, having an ear to the ground. Uh, and then there's deliberately interfering in the mechanics of government. A democratically elected government. It's, a, it's, it's thin ice. Although some people don't believe that. They think Russia, he's a Manchurian. He's it's thin ice. Russia, Russia has the same GDP as Italy. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, right, Putin has billions of dollars and he's just happy... Could secretly be the richest man in the world. Yeah, but he's just, you know, he's he's got his little patch and he that's it. Even if he wants the USSR back, it's still going to be there. He, he doesn't want to control America. It's like, it's too... It's, to his, I don't know. It's to his, it's to his benefit at home politically. If if people think he's that powerful. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's nothing new. Countries have always been like prodding and poking and fucking each other. I'm sure he's happy that all of this is going on. I'm sure he's happy that um, Europe is heading towards the right. 
that well he doesn't want the eu there's turmoil and american democracy i'm sure he's happy with that basically trump wasn't meant to to win the election the people who run the, the world didn't want him to be president but he became president tough shit guys and now they're just doing everything in their power to you know just obfuscate and just you know just screw him up it's just the way the world works i think that's true to it's a certain extent anyone. I think it's true to a certain extent, but I also think Trump's brought this on himself a bit. Trump famously did not fill all of the available positions in his uh, administration, mm. all the state apparatchiks that he has the power to put the people he wants in because he fucked off a lot of Republicans and then he ran on a Republican ticket, sniped, assassinated all the Republican golden boys of uh, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Jeb Bush... These were the Republican Party hopefuls. Yeah. Trump killed them dead. Yeah. Fucking accused Ted Cruz's dad of being a Zodiac killer, said his wife was ugly. And like all of that shit came back on him in terms of this Republican Party. Yeah. That, that understand the, the levers of power. Yeah. Wanted nothing to do with his administration. So he couldn't fill these positions, which means a lot of them are filled with former Obama White House staffers, mm. which I guarantee you this um, resistance insider is someone who worked under Obama's White House. It could be their, like, dog walker for all you know. But that's Trump's fault, though, right? Yeah. It's, it's coming back. His um, brashness and his, uh, what did he say, braggadocio? No. I think that's what, something he said. Mm. It's coming back to bite him on the ass. But everyone's saying he's going to win a second term. I'm pretty sure Democrats are going to take control of the House. Mm. And they probably will try and impeach him. I don't think they'll be successful, though, because it's like, do you remember um, the Republicans desperately tried to impeach Bill Clinton and it backfired massively? Like, he became really popular after it. Mm. Another mortal enemy of Donald Trump, Colin Kaepernick. Okay. The Nike sponsorship deal controversy. You read about this, seen this? I I haven't been able to avoid it. It It is what it is, and Nike sales have uh, spiked. They've, 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 they've grown, like, they got yeah, an extra but their three, share price their share price went down. That's that's all, you know, shares of just basically people's fears, isn't it? It's confidence. Yeah, speculation. Yeah. But in terms of actual people buying the, the, the trainers and the, the, the hats and the sweatbands, that went up this week because of that. Now, I'm, I, I've, the only thing I got out of it was like, if Nike were clever, they should have made some Colin Kaepernick branded knee pads. So like, <laughs> you, whenever the anthem... Take a knee. Yeah, so when you do take a knee at school or wherever, when the anthem's played, you can have your, you can have your like, neon knee pads, like, with his face on. You're kneeling on his face? Oh, no, whatever, <laughs> you know, his name or his logo. They should have done that. They would have, like, fucking cleaned up. Do you remember, like, to put this into context for anyone who doesn't know who Colin Kaepernick is, um, he was like a backup quarterback. Yeah. And then Black Lives Matter arrives on the scene. Yeah. Uh, they're very obviously staunchly against um, police shooting unarmed black men. He contributed to this protest yeah. by taking a knee anytime the national anthem comes on during an NFL football game. Yeah. And obviously he did this in his words, I think it was to bring attention to what Black Lives Matter are talking about, right? Yes. But ultimately it didn't do that. Ultimately it's it's been self-serving and I don't think um, Colin Kaepernick, I don't think he intended it to be self-serving. But I think he's really only brought attention to himself and he quite famously wore socks that had um, pigs with police officer hats on. Right. If Nike aren't producing their own line of pig, <laughs> <laughs> pig socks, they've missed out. Yeah. But yeah, you're right that the, the sales have gone up. I like Nike products. They're generally well made. I, I, I do feel bad about the little, you know, six-year-old Indonesian having to stitch them together doing a 15-hour day in a sweatshop for 25p. I've got some on now, actually. Look, they're <laughs> white 
all white Air Jordan. Yeah, unfortunately, our microphones aren't picking up. <laughs> I'm not picking up colour. <laughs> Have you seen the people burning and like cutting off the Nike logos out of their trainers? And yeah, things? and they're all bit white. pointless. They're, huh? all, they're all white, and it's they're all they're all white, and it's it's stupid. But but for, but for all these people cutting their socks up, they're not all cops. They're not all cop lovers. They no. they, 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 they it's it's become like a white versus black thing. Do you know what they're... They've made it a racial thing. That's the stupid thing about it. I think there's an element of that too. I also think a lot of people watch All NFL. A lot of people watch the NFL to get away from Washington bullshit, from politics. Like, football is apolitical to them. Mm. And suddenly what Colin Kaepernick's done is inject politics into the NFL. Well, the, However, there yeah. are obviously going to be some racists involved, uh, like on the fringes of that. Even though it's only about 50, 50, 50, or, 50 or 60 years old, the, 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 the Super Bowl is like a deeply ingrained part of the American culture, as is, as is American football. But it's apolitical. It's something Democrats yeah, and Republicans but, can come but, together about. But the, the NFL, another thing, they're, like, they're trying to modernise. Like another thing they've done... Um, like the NFL management, some of them, is, they're supporting the players in kneeling. So that's like a way of modernising. And also recently they've had the first male oh, cheerleader. Because Trump, <laughs> Trump wanted them to ban it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, listen, what, you're the president? Stay the fuck out of this? Yeah, but they've also, I saw also that the other week they had the first male cheerleader. <laughs> but it's like, do you see it? They're trying to change, you know? Just get rid of female cheerleaders. Don't introduce mm. male, just get rid of them if that's what you want to do. Do you think cheerleaders are there really just so um, it's not homoerotic? Or at least it doesn't feel too homoerotic by having a sort of skimpy clap. Oh, come on, man. It's just like it's just like the, the Formula One pit girls. It's just like the, the card girls in the boxing and They are sort boxing. of superfluous, though. Yeah, but it's just like filler. It just makes the... Oh God, I'm going to sound it's so old-fashioned it here. It's it just, it's just it, right? It's just nice to look at amongst all the blood and stuff, you know? I do... I, do genuinely think it's pointless having male cheerleaders but let's go back to um <laughs> nike of you were touching on about how um nfl executives they're becoming a bit more political and trying to tap into what they think is a potential market and a lot of companies a lot of multinational conglomerates are doing this yes and that's what nike's doing yes this idea of um you have to become more politically minded more politically active we're, do you remember that no, pepsi no, advert we're woke Oh, I don't want to. I hate that term. I don't want to use that term. Even unironically, I hate it. The Pepsi advert was basically like a riot that was like calmed down by a bottle of Pepsi. When really, <laughs> Pepsi's got so much sugar in and caffeine, it would have the opposite effect. It's so stupid, as well as being misleading. It was. <laughs> it was their attempt, though. At like, oh, we're poli- we're woke. Okay, yeah, I yeah. used it. I don't want to use that term. Who, who I hate was it. it? Was it? Was it one of the Kardashians? Was it? Yeah, um, the younger ones. But anyway, there was a big backlash to it, right? But this is what they're trying to do. And they, I don't think they're right. I think these companies are going to find... I think Nike are right in the sense of that they're marketing trainers to people that buy a lot of trainers. So they're right in that sense. Well, it's, it's, it's actually a great marketing image, isn't it? It's what Nike represents. It's like, just do it. Yeah, but I hate the slogan. Do it. What is that? It's sacrifice. Believe in something, even Sac- if it means sacrificing Sac- everything. You could say that in favour of anything. You could say that in favour of Nazism if you want to be mm. a contemporary... Mola Ram from Temple of Doom. 
his sacrifice. You know what I mean? It's like it's quite a strong, um, strongly. You can put quite a lot of funny people to that, actually, couldn't you? Splice in Big Lebowski, Walter. You know, John Goodman. Oh, say what you want about Nazism. At least it's an ethos. At least they believe in something. You know what I mean? But like, it's such a vapid slogan. And it made me think: What did Colin Kaepernick actually sacrifice? And I, I saw some people go. Oh, I think he was brave. He was brave. He was brave thing really. to do. Not really. I mean, like, yeah, in terms of, like, I'm going to get some flack. But at the same time, he also knew he was going to get mm. support. But then if you believe in something very strongly, it doesn't take bravery, to be honest. Mm. That's an interesting thought. But it's true. You don't have to be brave if, you, if you're if you just, like, 100% think you're, you're right and truthful. He wasn't really going against the grain, was he? No, because nowadays it's sort of the, the, the expected thing to do to, like, say... Uh, excuse me, everybody. Excuse me. There was that be woman. a bit self What about that woman on the flight um, out of Belgium or wherever uh, who stood up? The Swedish girl. Yeah, and th- there was a guy getting deported for like I don't know being a criminal. And like, I know, I know why he was deported. Well, now. What was it? Uh, well, I mean, you remember this Swedish girl? She gets up on a plane. She films herself doing it because yeah. um, she waits until it's on the fucking runway. Well, about hold on, let off. me put it into context, yeah. though. Right? She stands up and she she's done this because she knows. There's uh, an asylum seeker who's being deported out of Sweden, and she knows if she stands up on the plane, the the plane can't, the pilot can't take off, and so the asylum seeker effectively gets to stay. But what people should have asked themselves is, what does it take to get deported from Sweden as an asylum seeker, a very progressive, warm, fluffy, huggy, happy country? At the moment, they've got elections tomorrow, so we'll find out. I reckon the Sweden Democrats won't do as well as people think fear who that, knows we'll find out though we'll no nope, nobody asked everyone treated this girl like she was a hero why didn't they ask what did this guy actually do because it turns out what he did was damn near murder his wife and daughter apparently um he was routinely abusive to his wife physically beating her up and at one occasion he was beating his wife so badly his daughter was convinced she was dead and she ran to her next door neighbor saying my dad's killed my mum. And when the next door neighbour came in, what he saw was him smashing the back of her head against a hardwood floor. This is what this guy did to get deported. And it's like, is she really a hero now then? Yeah, but the interesting thing was when when she stood up on the plane, instead of like everybody instantly like Sit the fuck down people were like filming her and clapping her and saying, Yeah, Yeah, right. Sweden. Yeah, but it's the fact that, like, like going back to Copernic, it was like, it, was, it is slightly the expected thing to do. This is wrong. This, Love and happiness. This is wrong. It's like, but really, you want to say to them, come on, really, we all know it's wrong, but we all know it's wrong, but we want to watch a football match. I want, don't want to get on this plane to, you know, to go home. I still agree with you that it's wrong, but you're causing a massive inconvenience, killing the vibe. Initially, I'd be supportive of her. Yeah. After five minutes, I'd be looking at my watch, wondering, okay, when is she going to sit down and we just take off? Like, she, yeah, she's made her point. Yeah. I want to go home. Yeah. But, but the, 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 the going back to Copernic, the sort of tr- slightly tragic thing now is that, in a way, the, the message now is actually quite positive and moved forwards, but it's sort of taken i actually think it's it's taken him out of the whole sort of black lives matter thing and who knows if he'll continue yeah. to be politically active it brought or, attention to him or not just really. a male model yeah you know what i mean so like effectively yeah so which which direction is he going to go in now he'll be sponsored by nike but i mean i, I when i asked earlier like what did colin Kaepernick actually sacrifice yeah he was a backup quarterback who wasn't particularly, if you look at the stats, he wasn't particularly good backup quarterback. Yeah. 
But that's not really, that's, that's kind of neither here nor there, right? But I saw some people going, oh, he sacrificed playing in the NFL. Yeah. He didn't. He got two offers from two different teams. But I think my, uh, if I remember correctly, like he didn't want to move him and his family and say so he, he didn't accept them. Yeah. That's not a sacrifice. No. He wasn't fired. He wasn't imprisoned. Muhammad Ali. He was sent to prison. Yeah. For not going to Vietnam. He sacrificed something. Yeah. But, and, but in doing that, sort of elevated himself up a level. You had a point. It, mm, yeah, I but suppose so, Colin so, Kaepernick does have yeah, a point. Yeah, no. So he 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 went he went from like a sportsman to a sort of humanitarian icon, which is mm. like maybe Kaepernick. I'm not so sure if it's humanitarian icon because you know war and Black Lives Matter is two slightly different things. But like I said, rolling the the boulder down the hill five years, maybe this momentum it would be quite funny and quite tragic again if five years from now you get Nike branded Black Brigade gear anti-far outfits you know like a mask <laughs> they wear and the sort of riot you know so instead of like nike will sort of make those sort of outfits that you can wear to riots and protests <laughs> you know what i mean you know so what? that, that, that might actually, be the future who knows that's not that implausible you know these reinforced like copernic branded knuckle dusted gloves you know just <laughs> just do it yeah you're right though because it's like it's a fake it's a cynical we will exploit the poor multinational conglomerate right pretending to give a shit about social justice marketing to woke people who pretend to be anti-capitalist but really they're not and it's like we're such a fucking the western hemisphere has become a really phony place deceitful deceitful isn't it Speaking of phonies, Boris Johnson. Apparently, he's um, he's favourite amongst the Tory membership to challenge. Like, if a leadership challenge is launched, and um, the way it works in the Tory party is you have this group of backbenchers called the 1922 Committee who pick. They vote on multiple leadership candidates, and they whittle them down to a final two, and then the wider Tory party membership votes on it. Mm-hmm. If Boris Johnson is in that hypothetical final two, yeah, he's going to win. Okay. This is what the latest like survey of Tory membership has found. Like Boris Johnson mm. is heavily favourite. That's interesting because I, I always thought the 1922 committee that the whole point was like they wanted to like keep everything like it was 1922. <laughs> they were like really old fuddy duddy people, no, that, and that's not completely wrong. That's not completely wrong. It's a reference <laughs> to when Tory backbenchers yeah. stabbed whoever. I can't remember who the Tory prime minister was at the time. That's cool. That's they backstabbed him. That's interesting. And it formed a committee around it. Mm. But um. How do you feel about Boris Johnson being possibly next Prime Minister? I think it would be, again, it would be like our own little mini Trump. You know, like how Britain is like, in a way, we sort of ape America, but in a sort of slightly smaller scale twee way. He'd be like our little twee Trump if he if he became that. Because he is like, he'd be like a very sort of boisterous, he'd try and be like a sort of, you know, British bulldog internationally sort of, you know, like You think he'd be like a hard man? No, but he'd be very, he'd be like, he'd, he'd bring forward like an, a Britishness and a nationalism. Eccentricity, the British politics has lacked yeah. since Tony yeah. Blair. Even though, even though indeed himself, he's like fucking, he was born in New York and he's half Turkish, <laughs> you know, um, despite that. And he, not called Boris. Yeah. <laughs> it's enormous. <laughs> it's not his first name. I know his middle name's like Fifal. Oh God. But yeah. I think, I think it's, what's his real, can't remember what his first, I think it's Alan. But like, yeah, everyone that actually knows Boris Johnson, they don't call him Boris. All I know is that he's very popular with the ladies for some reason, even though he looks very unkempt. What were you saying before about <laughs> Boris Johnson divorce? James O'Brien. James O'Brien hates 
Boris Johnson. I don't know. I was just he just like took such pleasure in the fact that him and his wife were getting divorced, and I just thought, okay. On the one hand, you can say that shows a lack of character and deceit, and he's a liar, and he's not suitable to be a politician, let alone prime minister. Forget all that. A, a divorce is a tragedy for any family. There's because he's got kids, and in the end of the day, why do we put our politicians on a pedestal and expect them to be better than us? When I don't know these at days, the same time we 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 treat them as if they're the same as us. We expect because we know be, they're yeah, the same right. as us. And the truth is, they are the same as us. And you, people do cheat and are unfaithful in many different I think ways. We've, I think we've softened on infidelity. It's much easier to be in in infidel to be Fidel <laughs> to be Castro infidel. <laughs> to be an infidel. Yeah, it is. It is. That's 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 that. That is the the right word. It's much easier today to do that. And I'm some people probably even do it without realizing. You know. Yeah, I think it is that sort of liberal. Hey, hold on. I I want to have the right to cheat on my spouse and not be called a piece of shit yeah or like you know we're gonna have an open relationship even though we're, we're married i'm gonna take my 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 other man back and shag him in the room next door to you while you play on your nintendo in terms of boris johnson being prime minister could, yeah. like, i don't see i don't see the metropolitan areas of britain being happy with that because i mean even though like again the, the sign of interesting times boris johnson was london mayor yeah london is a labor city and Boris Johnson was a Tory mayor back when he was a lot more popular amongst the centre-left mm. than he is now. Because similar to, to, to Trump, but in a smaller, twee-er way, he, he, because he has the personality and the charisma, he's able to separate himself from the party. So you're sort of voting for the personality rather than the party he represents. Mm. You know, it, it didn't matter if Trump was a Democrat or Republican, he was Trump. And it's, Boris could sort of be the same way at the end of the day. He represents Boris, not the, the Tories. But Boris Johnson was um, inexplicably London mayor. Someone else recently has expressed a desire to be mayor of London. Nigel Farage. I don't. <laughs> I I I don't. I don't think he would. I think he's saying it just to stir the pot. Because I I, I saw a speech he gave yesterday in, in uh, Australia. He's like doing a tour. He's doing like a world tour. He don't call it a comeback. Yeah, and he said like I'm an accidental politician. You know, I don't want to be a politician. I want to, you know, get out of all this shit. Yeah, and the so, anti-politician. Yeah, and so like I don't I don't think that he he really has he's never had a sort of stated agenda for London. Generally everyone can agree it's it's got too many cycle lanes. And that's about it. <laughs> you know, well, you, the, the exact opposite is what I hear from cyclists. It's not you, nearly shouldn't, enough. you shouldn't listen to them, let alone talk with them. My God. But um, They're allowed to have a voice. I'm not no-platforming cyclists. <laughs> Even though I think they're dicks, they're, they're still allowed to have a voice. London cyclists are like the number one reason more people don't cycle. Well, they're they're such pricks. Well, the, the unfortunate thing is that um, TfL, even though they've got a huge financial black hole, they've sort of allocated loads of money into a study to find out why it's only middle-aged white men who sort of cycle or who are like, or who, who make up like eighty percent of the cyclists. Like angry middle-aged, no, no, like white men. Very, like not not as many women as they'd like, not as like hardly any ethnic minorities. Even though there are lots in London. They're not getting on their bikes enough, and TfL are like taking steps now to look into it. Why <laughs> fucking force force these like pregnant women onto bikes as quickly as possible? You know, just to tick a we quote need box more like. cyclists. You know, but so yeah, wait. Nigel Nigel Farage, Nigel London Fr Mayor. No, I think he, not going to happen. He just said it just a shit stir. He's an entertainer uh, as well as I think he'd want his own TV show or something. He'll be on like yeah. I'm a Celebrity next year. He was desperate to get a job at Fox News. 
two years ago. Yeah, and it but didn't he's, he's got work to do. He's He's got work to do, man. Not really. He no, was he frozen sa- out of Brexit. He said he's come back. He said he's coming back. He's coming back now. God, if he's, he's UKIP, in Australia at the moment. If but, he's UKIP leader again, like for the what, like fifth time? About four years? I can't see. I think I think UKIP's going to ex- ex- explode, disintegrate soon. I think it has exploded. It's, it's, it just needed more brains behind it. I don't know. A bit of intellectualism. The, the sad thing is because it's like a sort of party of the sort of people, unfortunately the people are so like fucking crazy and stupid <laughs> for being so disconnected from from politics for a long time you've got like they're like trying to like some people want them to make tommy robinson a figurehead of them and it's like it's just too crazy it's just too crazy like there's no real thought and plan behind it so they're just going to explode it's so toxic yeah everything's but now farage isn't he's not going to be london mayor he's not going to be a uk parliamentarian parliament no he's He's not going to be an mp hopefully he's just gonna be very public and very prominent and just say stuff and shit stir like he he has what he's good at like even though i like him like every time i i see the speech he gives in the eu parliament a couple of the speeches he gives you you can't you're like biting your knuckle because you just he's like (laughs) saying you've got the personality of a damp dishcloth and uh, oh van rumpnoy who are you he's like he's so rude he's so honest and like it's just but that, but that's the thing. He's, you all laughed when I came here and said Britain would be leaving the EU. That well, was you're incredible. not laughing now. But he didn't say it like angrily. He said it in the like, funniest way. And uh, the shit eating green, as American might say. Yeah, but that. But that's all he is. But that's. But that's a good thing. And that, and that's all he has to do for like a few more months, hopefully, and until Brexit's sorted, and then he can go on to the celebrity island. It's too late. Shag Roxanne Pallet or something. He got frozen out of the Brexit process. For good or bad, but you know, I think uh, I think Brexit is done. Really, this is the conclusion I came to about three months ago. It was like, listen, it's it's over. Like, eventually, what? it's going to end up with a Europhile. So, at some point in the next ten years, a Europhile Parliament is just going to take us back into the EU. If we go back into the EU, the no, no, we'll lose the rebate. We'll take on the euro. Ten, you're talking like ten years. Ten years. Okay. Eventually, our, our predominantly Europhile Parliament is going to do it. Yeah, but just leave it up to you. Even if even if Britain didn't exist, even if Britain hadn't ever existed, the EU is still going to like fuck itself up because of all the like we talked about the huge swathes of immigration, uncontrolled immigration, and just the sort of bureaucracy. Um, and I the, think they'll recognise they need to get rid of freedom of movement. And just the sheer authoritarianism of it, the sort of inextricable movement towards, you know, top-down control and dictatorial behaviour. Oh, oh, excuse me, excuse me. Democracy deficient, I think, uh, is the uh, the appropriate term. The thing is, people don't like that and Europeans don't like that, so they'll they'll destroy it. And so, like I say, even if Britain never existed, the EU's... Is the people are going to hopefully disintegrate it before we get a <laughs> Euro-friendly government? We have, a, we have a we Euro-friendly have a friendly government. This yeah. is the, the phoniness yeah. of fucking yeah. everything. Yeah. We have a Euro-friendly government that wants that's doing wants something that it stay. doesn't want to do. Yeah, but yeah, we touched on Tommy Robinson. There, I'm not going to talk more about him. But I think we we promised in the last episode. I promised in the last episode to do uh, Tommy Robinson, a tragic figure. Bearing in mind before anybody loses their shit. A tragic, fig- a tragic figure is not necessarily a sympathetic figure or um, an honourable figure. Do you know what I mean? But basically, I think the Tommy Robinson story 
like if the multiverse theory is true right and uh, there's different universes with different tommy robinsons yes every single one of them ends in tragedy every single one has a bad ending to the, the tommy robinson story in all of these different universes do you know what i mean like there's no happy ending for tommy robinson is what i'm getting at it's, it's a tragic ending for him and his supporters and the people who like him it's going to be a bad ending for him. i think you know he might end up being a martyr some some nutcase might just see him and like hit him over the head with with a hammer one day not not because they've planned to just because they they, they saw whipped up. just because they saw him and they happened to have a hammer in their hand they were like doing carpentry on the shop front and he walks down the street but, there's that yeah. far right thug yeah but like um so ultimately but, like ultimately, i don't want to get into it then, no no but but i think tommy robinson isn't even his real name so yeah. ultimately john something lennon yeah but actually like, yeah so, so like but he just the name he'll become like is it more it's more representative of a movement than a person isn't it really yeah ultimately the tommy robinson story isn't necessarily about tommy robinson yeah it's like it's a sort of spartacus thing i am tommy robinson but like i say we'll go through that next week ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to myself tom and my guest tim thank you prattling on about many a different topic with our completely ill-informed views hopefully you enjoyed listening to us if you did why not subscribe to us on soundcloud yes just hit the follow button on soundcloud if you're listening there if you're listening to us on itunes why not subscribe and also give us a five star rating and then maybe maybe someone else might hear it maybe you should uh you should start an online store selling selling merchandise you should sell like baseball caps with the logo on and like tinfoil inside no one can tell (laughs) in summer helps keep your head cool in winter helps keep it warm (laughs) we have been the ill-informed insight podcast next week the tragedy of tommy robertson and we'll probably talk about like current affairs stuff as well hopefully there'll be some news about space force (laughs) i'm always hopeful thank you and goodbye